I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Stuart Scanlon. And I'm Mark Donovan. And this is the Bad Screenplays Podcast. Me and Mark used to write comedy screenplays and TV shows. Unfortunately, we didn't get anywhere. So we've decided to pick through and review other people's efforts to see where we went wrong and have a laugh along the way. Yep, in each episode, I'll send Mark a script. He sends one to me and we read them out totally unseen. Send your screenplays to us at badscreenplayspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, hey mate, how you doing? All good, all good. How's yourself, mate? Yeah, good couple of days off. Been reading some good scripts. Uh, and uh, I think you have too, because you've sent me a script called The Ass Hatsins. I have. I have the name. <laughs> um, the name jumped out instantly. The Ass Hatsins. And this was sent in by one of our, um, one of our listeners. It was uh, Mr. Christopher Frigo. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, and I think he... He's one of our, our Reddit friends, um, and he sent us a script, like Stu said, called The Ass Hat Sins, and it's about a couple of bumbling assassins try to make a hit, but they've got a conflicting views on how to be an assassin. Okay. I believe it's a comedy. Oh, nice. Well, I do like a good, uh, I do like a good thriller kind of movie anyway, and a comedy to boot. There we go. Yes. Right. The Ass Hat Sins. <laughs> <laughs> External rooftop day. The target, 40s, black suit, finds himself in the dead centre of a reticle. Behind the scope is revealed to be Nicholas, 30s, gelatinous half-wit. <laughs> is he made Nicholas. gelatin yeah. then, or is he just, just a yeah. bubble man? He's just a jelly on a plate. Uh, Nicholas, <laughs> I've got a shot. Oliver, late 30s, seasoned assassin, gives Nicholas the go-ahead. Oliver, take it! Nicholas, with tongue. Click, click. Nicholas, continued. I'm out of ammo! Did you just make a click, click noise with your mouth? Asks Oliver. <laughs> Maybe Nicholas. he's just like a, a clicky talker. You know, some people sound like that when they talk. Oh man, you? I hate that. When you hear it's them on the, the radio. And, and I apologise <laughs> if that's one of us two. I don't know if we do that. I hate that spitty, that spittle sound. Oh. I oh, know it's it, it's great, doesn't it? Like as as much yeah. as I admire um, Mary Berry for being like such a successful um, like celebrity in in an advanced year, she's probably the, the worst culprit for being a clicky. Oh, that's horrible! So that so that dry mouth, sticky saliva. Once you start hearing <laughs> it, you you can't not hear it, can you? <laughs> so maybe he's doing uh, that. Maybe he's doing that. We'll find out. Uh, did you just make a click click noise with your mouth? Uh, <laughs> no. What, Oliver? Nicholas, rifles don't make clicking sounds when they're out of ammo. Nicholas, well then, how do you think it sounds when you're out? Certainly not like that. Nicholas pauses for a moment of reflection. Perhaps I have a special gun. How do you suppose that you can speculate herein, therefore, on such matters? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Oliver. Nicholas, I don't quite think you're using those words pro- Nicholas, pointing. Ah, look, he got away. Oh, damn. <sighs> nice one, Nicholas. What? It wasn't my fault. Maybe he just had to go to the toilet or something. Oh, no, I can hear more, um, more farts out of the Well, I've got a library now. I've got yeah. all kinds of farts. Oh, my God. Um, there's a toilet or something. I'm sure him running away had nothing to do with the fact that he saw a gelatinous man aiming a rifle at him. Nicholas. Gelatinous? I'm not gelatinous. You're missing the point, Nicholas. Besides, I have a plan. Oliver quickly pulls out a rope and secures it to a pole. Hey, where'd you get a rope from? asks Nicholas. It's standard issue, Nicholas. Jeez. Oh, uh, sorry. Standard issue, so these guys are working for someone. Yeah, surely. Surely, and one of them's obviously considerably more trained than the other. Right. Yeah, we have the senior and the, uh, what is it, the sensei and the, st- I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Oh, the, we have the, the, the students the st- calls the sensei senpai. Senpai and sensei. Maybe. Oh. Yeah, sensei is like the big boss, right? No, yeah. I don't fucking know. A long <laughs> moment of silence. <laughs> A long moment of silence endures before Oliver regains his serious and calm demeanour. Oliver, meet me at the bottom. Oliver starts rappelling down the side of the building. A few moments later, into Nicholas's earpiece. Bravo, Whiskey Charlie. What's your status? Uh, you've only just jumped off the roof, mate. I'm still up here. <laughs> Oliver, looking down at Avenue below. Is this the guy who asked if we were good at accents? Yes, the one who was... Uh, I don't know if you presume we were both American. Yeah, because he says here, he goes... Accents. You've only just jumped off the roof, mate. That's a... Um, definitely British. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Right? I'm going to need you to move quicker, Nicholas. We're losing sight of the target. Nicholas mumbling. Kinnell. Oh, I see. Nicholas mumbling. Kinnell. You sound like me, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's proper scouse, that, isn't it? Isn't it? Kinnell, you sound like me, Dad. He's actually... Bravo, <laughs> bravo whiskey, Charlie. That's years of living in Liverpool, Stu. That's like... <laughs> oh, yes, mate. Bravo, <laughs> Charlie. There's a bad scouse accent. It makes me no. uh, my skin crawl. Like. <laughs> Sorry about Yours that. Yours ain't so bad. Okay, thank you. I'm trying. The lift is taking forever. The lift? We don't have time for a lift, Nicholas. You need to take the stairs. But I hate stairs. Oliver, remember the mission. Well, what if he just really needs to go to the toilet and he's having a bit of trouble getting it out or something? Then why would he be running? Well, maybe he can go at home. Me dad had that problem and his dad before him. Oliver. <laughs> well, well then... To get it out. Yeah, maybe like an enlarged prostate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hell, I've heard that happens later in life. You know, we've got... Oh, yeah, it's not stu- like every single comedian over 50 doesn't talk about the balls. It's like the worst thing. I think oh, I actually watched yeah. um, Netflix specials like when I was off. There's a, a reason why we were all off recently. Can't uh, possibly think what it was. Yeah. I watched a Jerry Seinfeld special. Um, it was a Ricky Gervais one. There was... Um, yeah. Oh, God, what's his name? Anyway, there's, there's three guys. Jim Gaffigan. And they did a whole bit on the the saggy balls. No, it wasn't. But I'm yeah, sure Ricky Gervais well. saying it, it bobs to the top of his bath now. It's every. It's almost <laughs> hackneyed. It's just like, yeah, talk about your <sighs> balls. It's... Ugh, I know, I know. Oh, well. I know, I know. Well, Awful. um... I suppose when we're in our 50s, we'll be like, oh, I get it now. Probably Louis, right? <laughs> did you watch the oh, new God, Louis special? No, I didn't. I didn't even know there was I, one. I'm surprised it even exists. Yeah, he did his own one. Oh, it was um, it was good. Oh, I mean, he is good, but like, that's not he's the problem. He's a great comedian. He's, 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 he's unbelievable, but he's just a, a, an absolute traitor to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a, Look, a he, horrible human. He, he did the th- he yeah, it was the elephant in the room he had the th- you know he said like, you want to talk about it and they all cheer it so he talks about it but he kind of like addressed it head on but then dismissed it a little bit so we both watched it here mm. and we kind of just came away from it going he kind of just he didn't brush over it but he made like made it the reaction way bigger than it was 
So he kind of downplayed it a little bit, which I thought wasn't very good. I don't know. Uh, he, he's, he's obviously thought, I'll need to get this out the way so I can carry on with my career. When um, the real solution yeah. is like, you don't get to have a career anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. abuse yeah, your guess power what? in your situation. I know. If you if you were like a CEO of Barclays or something, it's like, yeah, guess what? You don't have that job anymore, man. You yeah. get sacked from that job. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, anyway. Anyway, back to the um, genetic hereditary enlarged prostate problem well then we'll just have to kick it out of him oliver speeds up his rappel nice line oliver that had to be that had to have been in the top i don't know three or four lines i've heard this month oliver reaches the ground just as the target exits the building and enters an idling vehicle oliver damn it what a pain in the ass wait was that scarface or the notebook? The notebook? No, it was... Oliver face palms and regains his focus. Nicholas, just get down here. Nicholas, moving his jaw and holding his ear, as if Oliver was too loud. All right, all right, no need to yell. Nicholas casually exits the elevator to Oliver's annoyance. Come on, he's getting away. Oliver throws the car keys to Nicholas. Oliver, you drive. Nicholas jogs to the car and glides across the bonnet like a dog glides his ass across the carpet. Uh, <laughs> I've written that into something before. It's a good, it's a good situation. It, it's never enough funny, is it? A dog taking a shit is just hilarious. I don't know why. Yeah. And once it starts think, scooting, uh, it's game over. <laughs> I think one of because it maintains uh, eye contact. <laughs> Do you know what? I I wrote that into the Viz once to uh, the Viz letterbox. Um, I'm obsessed with the Viz. The, the only things I've ever written that have ever been published anywhere was two letters in the Viz letterbox. Nice, nice. And I was like, I've got the copies there in a drawer. It's like the great two of the greatest moments in my life. <laughs> and um, one of them was, why does my dog insist on maintaining eye contact when it's having a shit? I know. And they, it's and like, they printed it. It's like it's looking into your soul. <laughs> it's like, what, why are you making me do this outside? You get to go in a room by yourself. Right. Uh, you drive. Nicholas jogs to the car and glides across the river. Nicholas, what are you doing? What? You just scratched the paint on my car. It looked cool, though, didn't it? Get in the car. Nicholas opens the door and sits down. Come on, after him. Uh, hold on, mate. Nicholas looks around for a moment, inspecting the car to ensure that it's safe to drive. Was he checking the tyre pressures and the oil? <laughs> it's taking his time. I think the writer briefly mentioned this too as an email, but I wasn't exactly sure in what capacity, but I'm definitely getting it in a Nick Frost, Simon Peg vibe and hot fuzz from this now. Like, oh. you know, like, actually, I think, the, oh yeah, sliding over the car bonnet and stuff, and Nicholas, yeah. I presume, is like a Nick Frost guy. Yeah, definitely. It was gelatinous. <laughs> Have you seen Nick <laughs> yeah. Frost now? He's a big man. He's he's getting bigger, isn't he? He's getting bigger, yeah. He is. Yeah. He really Which is, is, you know, it's up to him, but uh He yeah. seems very happy. He's got a, a, a tremendous beard as well. He does, yeah. That's a strong beard. Seatbelt, check. Indicator, okay. Mirrors, mm, a little to the left. And Nicholas! <laughs> Alright, all's good. Nicholas shifts the car into gear and steps on the accelerator. The Siamese twin turbo engine roaring with despair. What's a Siamese twin turbo? I haven't got a clue. Um, I feel the need, says Nicholas. The need for speed. Oliver being thrown about from Nicholas's reckless driving. Jesus, enough with the movie quotes, Nicholas. Pay attention to the road. The target moves quickly, weaving in and out of traffic, narrowly missing a pedestrian. A pedestrian whom, by all accounts, should not have been in the middle of the road in the first place. Hmm. The target races down Winchester Avenue. There you the go, first... that's a reference to John of the Dead, isn't it? Oh, the Winchester. Aye. There's not a Winchester Avenue in Bootle or somewhere, is there? And we'll find out where this guy's from. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. The target races down Winchester Avenue, left on First Street down six blocks, up three more, past the secondary school, through the Mersey Tunnel, off the third exit, off the roundabout, back Over through to the, the tunnel, city. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, across a median and through an intersection. Nicholas suddenly slams on the brake pedal and comes to a complete stop, like Nick Frost did in that jag when the, when the yeah. father-in-law was in the back. Yeah. Um, 
Why are you stopping? We're losing sight of him. Nicholas, it's a red light, mate. And? Bit rude to pass through on a red, innit? Oliver. Since when do you care about the law? It didn't seem to be an issue when you had your rifle pointed at a man three minutes ago. Yeah, but that guy was a wanker. I think you're <laughs> once again missing the port. Besides, I don't want to get points on my licence. Nicholas, you are a hitman for the Alliance. Your least concern should be points on your licence. But how would me nan get to the supermarket if I lost me licence? <laughs> I'm trying to decide whether that's Cockney or Scouse now. How would me nan? But how would me, how would Ray me nan get back. to the supermarket? <laughs> yeah, Ray's back. Uh, Oliver buries his face in his hand. Forget it. Let me drive. Nicholas shrugs and moves to switch positions with Oliver. They twist and turn, contort and whirl, until Oliver and Nicholas take their respective positions as driver and backseat driver. Oliver puts the pedal to the polymeric-based composite material and races off to make up lost ground. Pedal to I think the it means metal. Oliver, busting through a busy intersection, narrowly avoiding oncoming traffic. You're not getting away this time. Nicholas, look mate, there. Oliver. Where, Nicholas, what is it? Gary's Pizza. It's got two top in large for seven quid. I've gone... Two um, top in I've large. Gone, I've gone southwest now. <laughs> got two top in large for seven quid. Large for seven quid. Nicholas, you're supposed to be paying attention to the pursuit. But why? I'm not driving. Because helps distract me. I get car sick when others drive. Car sick? Oliver looks towards Nicholas, who doesn't look so great. <laughs> Oliver, still weaving in and out of traffic. Oh no, that's brand new leather. What did you eat today? Is that corn? I've eaten corn, mate. Oliver pulls away and briefly brings his eyes back to the road. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> is corn sweet corn is uh, that another type of corn because in America I feel like corn's just such a like it's like a food group but over here it's a specific type of food isn't it no it's it is sweet corn we just call it sweet corn don't we ah, okay. yeah it's so big in the states they use it for everything you know the sugar and the corn syrup and all that yeah cream corn and stuff like that in my eyes there's only one corn spelt yeah. k-o-r-n <laughs> backwards r yeah yeah the backwards r <laughs> oh, let's move on before we do another south park quote quick <laughs> okay nicholas <laughs> oh god nicholas just give me that pistol in the glove box will you oliver retrieves the pistol from oliver and wipes it off before taking hold of it and pointing it out of the window. Oliver. Say goodbye, you bloody wanker. Oh, he's gone Australian. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Oliver fires... You fucking drongo. <laughs> Say goodbye, you bloody wanker. Bang! <laughs> Oliver fires a single shot and it penetrates the rear windshield. The windshield of, of what? Of the car they're in? Mm. No, he's pointing out the window. So is the guy in a car? I don't know, I mean, it's said it's a Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it penetrates the rear windshield. He slams on the brakes as traffic ahead provides the target just enough room for his small vehicle to make a narrow escape. Nicholas looks up, trying to see what all the commotion is about. Did you get him? Oliver in shock. I can't believe I missed. I never miss. Ah, you'll get him next time, mate. Next time. Yeah. Nicholas groans uncomfortably. Ugh, I hate the taste of corn in the morning. <laughs> Oliver leans back in his seat and massages his temples. Jesus Christ. End scene. That's it. That was good, man. That was good. That was funny. Yeah, it was. You're right. Very peg and frost, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you hadn't said anything, that would have just sort of, I would be trying to place it. But the minute mm. you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was good. I felt like it wasn't so much a bad screenplay as like as much as the the, the writer was um, talking themselves down a bit. I actually thought it was pretty yeah. good. I think the ass-hat sins might be a typo. Do you think so? There was no reference to ass or hats. That should just be assassins. It should be, shouldn't it? 
should be, but he's like calling them asshats when one of them was clearly an asshat and the other one was a profesh. Well, as you know, on first draft productions, what you write is what you get. So this will be labelled <laughs> the asshatsins. Uh, it will. I could totally imagine it. I could totally imagine a rooftop and I could totally see the uh, like decent interplay between the two characters. And, uh, yeah. I think that dynamic works great. The sort of the straight guy, the professional, and then the clumsy, no sort of sense of urgency would rather get a coronetto than uh <laughs> yeah a bit hot fuzz but very very good awesome well done chris was chris right yeah it was it was a mr christopher frigo thanks very much chris good work these two guys are after the same man they're both realized these asshats knew so little about killing So Stu has sent me a script here with the fantastic name of Steven Seagal, Psychic Warrior. Mm-hmm. This is fucking great. Yeah. Yep. Finally, someone decided to put it down on paper. The, the <laughs> greatness of Steven Seagal's psychic abilities. It's all that Tai Chi, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. There was, um, do you remember years ago, um, it wasn't that, that long ago, actually, probably about three or four years ago, um, Sylvester Stallone finally sort of dropped his guard of like you know being like a hollywood uh is sort of aura of hollywood that was protecting him and you know there was all these rumors about how people weren't allowed to look at the top of his head because he was like losing his hair <laughs> and people weren't allowed to mention his height or people weren't allowed to be told about uh. all those stupid things and he finally dropped his guard and started doing interviews telling stories about all these tough guys from the 80s and um, really how the bravado got the better of them and um I need to I need to dig it out because I'm halfway through a story. I don't know the actual details of. I need to try and remember it. I think <laughs> this, which is quite a quite a common thing with me actually because my uh, memory is horrendous. Um, so basically, it was this party, and I believe Steven Seagal was basically being a bit of a dick, and um, Jean Claude Van Damme offered them a fight down the road, and um, no said you know they were all quite drunk they were all in this big mansion or whatever and um, he said I'll meet you at such and such a place and Stephen's like I said okay I'll see you there got in his car and just drove away (laughs) (laughs) never to be seen that evening he was just like no I don't want to fight John Claude Van Damme I only do Tai Chi that's awesome (laughs) could you imagine yeah Seagal in his like mouse suit doing all these hand moves all nice and gentle and everything and then just gets roundhoused bush because <laughs> oh I know Van Damme, although he spent um, all of his money on cocaine for about ten years, yeah, um, he he was he was like a world champion before being an actor, wasn't he? He was genuinely, you know. Could you be? Could you imagine being at a party and then someone comes on and goes, "You won't believe it, Van Damme wants to fight Seagal outside." You'd be yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> Just yes, turns t- into like school again. <laughs> yes, yeah, but like times a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, oh amazing. amazing. So anyway, this this um, screenplay Stu sent me as I'm scrolling down before it gets to the um, the first scene. It says, this is sorta kinda true. Brackets wink wink. I can't really describe it. It's about like mind control and <laughs> mind control. <laughs> well, he's a psychic warrior, isn't he? Look, normally <laughs> we like to give you a little synopsis of what happens in these uh um these scripts, but I think the the title Steve Seagal's Psychic Warrior probably speaks for itself in this. Uh, it's a little bit of comedy, a um, little bit thriller, um, but you shall see. Okay, here we go. Black screen, super, as if coming off an old telly type. That was in brackets. Although remote viewing has been labelled a farce by scientists far and wide, all the world's superpowers continue to pour millions of dollars into a top-secret project with one singular goal, to telepathically terminate a human life. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's mad. That's really what they're all working towards, you know. It's no secret. <laughs> it makes, I mean, you know, this isn't the type of podcast where we're going to talk too much about politics or the time and place and where we are, but <laughs> I believe all of the world superpowers are pouring their resources into a different um, goal at the minute as we speak. Yeah. And it's definitely not to telepathically terminate <laughs> the human life. 
It's nope. something a bit more altruistic. Anyway, <laughs> internal small room. Austere, unremarkable in every way. A simple metal folding chair, the only furnishing. An old Chinese man sitting on it. This is Dequan or Dekan. Late 70s, highly astute mystic, just staring at the wall. On the wall, three photographs taped in a horizontal row. Photo one, wide shot of a Chinese town's main street, an old phone booth on the, on the corner. Photo two, close up of the phone booth. Photo three, surveillance style photo of a Chinese man, mid thirties, serious and seasoned and serious, looks military. De Quan continues staring at the photos, focused, unblinking, breathing barely perceptible. Cut to external Chinese town day. People go about their business. More bicycles than cars. Steady foot traffic on the town's main street. An old phone booth on the corner. Same one from the photo. Among the pedestrians, a mid-thirties Chinese man from the surveillance photo, walking with purposeful strides towards the phone booth. This is Chen. I, I, I was getting the impression that the the Quan was looking at a photo of himself in his younger days, but no, it's a man called yeah. Chen. <laughs> we glimpse a blood pressure finger cuff on his right index finger and a micro wireless mic in his left ear. Zhang, voiceover, authoritative Mandarin, subtitled English. You are to get in the phone booth and wait. Under no circumstances are you to leave. Nod if you understand. Chen nods, continues striding towards the booth. Cut to internal MSS surveillance outpost. I wonder what MSS stands for. The Operated Ministry by of the State Security. <laughs> Operated by the Ministry of State Security. Oh, there we go. Oh, the MSS. China CIA. Uh, I, I didn't know that. I'm an idiot. Filled with monitors, some showing the, the phone booth. This phone booth's pretty, um, mm. pretty integral. Including interior views, courtesy of two hidden cameras. Another monitor shows the elderly Daquan sitting in the sterile room staring at the wall. Many techs eyeing the monitors, typing notes. Some were digitised readouts of Chen's vitals. Mm. So we're not jumping back and forth in time. It's just me that's assumed that, is it? Yeah. I think so. Cardiac. Dequan is sitting in one room looking at those photos and he's on camera. And your man's mm. out in the phone booth and he's on another camera. That's right. There we go. Okay. Cardiac. Heart rate. BPM. Hemodynamic. Blood pressure. Systolic. Forward slash diastolic. Respiratory percentage of oxygen in blood. It's very descriptive. Zhang, late 40s, rigid, running the op. He's got that over-the-top supervillain vibe. Observing with him, four Chinese officials, 50s and 60s, three suits and a uniform two-star general. All serious as a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> quite serious. Yeah. Zhang, if I tell Agent Chen to sit on a landmine, he'll do as he's told. General Lin... I just hope this isn't a waste of our time, for your sake. Zhang doesn't react to the veiled threat. On the monitors, Chen enters the phone booth, closes the door behind him. Cut to split screen. I wonder when we get to Steven Seagal. I know. A... <laughs> oh, he, he's coming, don't worry. Right. He's going to burst in and then, as soon as they go and get stuff, drive away. Um, split screen. I'm just a cook. <laughs> yeah. What was his name in Under Siege? Casey Ryback. Casey Ryback, there we go. That's, I love that movie. I haven't watched it in a long time, you know. One of the best action movies. Genuine, I just like, it's just so of its time. It's like, mm. I don't know, hit everything on the formula of a good action movie back in the day. Is it a John Woo? Because he seemed to be, have his hands on most of those, you know, more successful ones back in the day, didn't he? I don't know. He did. There was one a bit later on. Um, I think it was called Half Past Dead. I think it was when um, <laughs> Seagal's career was well and truly over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that The Train? Oh, God. I, I might get this mistake mixed up with another terrible Seagal film, but um, Ja Rule was in it. And, um, <laughs> there was like this special equipment attached to the helicopter where you put a headset on and wherever you looked, it would fire <laughs> a rocket at whatever you were no looking way. at. No way. And there's a scene where Ja Rule's lying on the floor just twitching his head left and right. And you can tell the direction is, look at the wall as if a rocket's going to fire at it. But he's just, you can tell he, he can't possibly imagine what's going on. 
with the special effect and he's just twitching it's his just head left a wall. and right <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely awful it's so funny that's brilliant it's like comedy that doesn't know it's comedy <laughs> let's scream Daquan slash Jen Daquan continues to stare intently at the photos taped to the wall Chen begins experiencing discomfort, tugs at his collar, breathing laboured, face flushed red, sweat beading. Chen's vital readouts, registering the physiological changes, heart rate and blood pressure considerably elevated, breathing diminished. So he's just stopped breathing. Hmm. Graphs rapidly transitioning from green to red. Daquan Uh-oh. stares at the photos, trance like, his expression unchanged. Doesn't Chen, give a shit. No, okay. Chen suddenly grabs at his throat, eyes bulging, pounds against the glass walls of the phone booth, grabs the door handle, desperately wants to open it. But he has his orders and he removes his hand, even though it might just kill him. Zhang, liking what he sees, <laughs> he's loving it. <laughs> Especially the sheer amazement of the officials, now speaking animatedly amongst themselves as they continue to watch Chen being remotely suffocated. Whoa, that's the psychic mind control. Yeah, man. Oh, you think this is, um... You think Daishan, Daquan, he's doing this? I think he's looking at photos, imagining choking a guy from the fit of the the picture. And he's able to do it. Got it. And then, um... Who is it? Chen's just... Is it Chen? Or he's just standing there? Chen, yeah. He's absolutely Zhang likes it. Zhang's loving it, yeah. He's having the time of his life. Chen, <laughs> now experiencing full bore asphyxia, falls to his <laughs> knees, eyes fluttering. Just makes you think of like fucking Bugs Bunny or something. <laughs> um, Chen's vital readouts, all in the red, all critical. So he's a dead man. Mm. Zhang, to the officials, satisfied. Vigorous nods from all four. They're loving it too. Zhang to the text. End the demonstration. Smash cut to. That's a smash cut. Wow. I've never used that before. Bush. External CIA HQ. Langley. Virginia. Knight. To establish. Seagal. Voice over. There he is. This <laughs> is the man. You got to do the have... voice. <laughs> I can't imagine what he talks like. He just sort of breathes lines, doesn't he? He breathes, but it's like super soft. Like and he that. talks like, and that's, a, and that's all she wrote. What's wrong with you, man? You're slipping. But you can't check your six. Just like old Tom's, huh? Me saving your life and your hooker girl flying up into the wind. I can't do cigar. <laughs> okay. And that's all she wrote. The program was approved. Internal CIA headquarters, office of the director, Knight. Large and impressive, befitting the position. Director John Wells, 60. Career spook with 40 years of experience. At his desk, off to the side. I just imagine Mike Tench from a Mindhunter or something. (laughs) (laughs) Deputy with the absolute greatest buzz cut that's ever been on screen. Yeah. Deputy Director Mike Johnson, 50s, heir to the CIA throne. Seated opposite, amped from the story he's been telling. Steven Seagal, so it's just named Seagal. He's not even like... He hasn't got a character no. name. He just no, no, he's, it, no. This is Steven Seagal. I think <laughs> it's the actor Steven Seagal. <laughs> he's just been called into the CIA headquarters. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Steven Seagal, iconic nineties action heroes. If we didn't know, yeah, wearing an oh so tight tactical turtleneck. <laughs> he's slightly rotund these days, so. It's, uh, that's yeah, not... he likes a looser fitting uh, uh, tunic, doesn't <laughs> he? he? Does kimono. Yeah. yeah. Four watches, two pair wrist. <laughs> All right, yeah. An, an elaborate feather, bead, claw, tribal elder necklace. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh. The years haven't been kind to Stephen. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> Slick back, black hair, and the goatee. A bad dye job. Very bad. <laughs> More wrinkles than a Sharpe. Pop belly makes him look seven months pregnant. Yeah, there we go. God. Seagal. That's why we abso-fucking-lutely need a remote viewing programme of our own. Otherwise, we're fucked in the arse with a big rubber dick. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, Stevie. Yeah. Wells and Johnson are speechless. They share a what-the-fuck look. If you've got questions, save them up. 
I've got a question, actually. What the fucking hell, yeah. Steven Seagal doing in the CIA headquarters? Yeah, right. The director, director himself got him in. Yeah. Okay, no. Deputy Director Johnson, how did you come by this intel? Seagal, my peeps. <laughs> Director Wells, by peeps, you mean. Fans, I got them everywhere, especially Asia. Fucking love me. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, that's uh, okay. <clears throat> you bleep that one out. I'm bigger over there than the Hoff is in Germany. Fucking hell, Stevie. More silence. Sakal <laughs> is getting impatient. So, we're going to light this candle or what? I'm volunteering to be the face of the team. Deputy Director Johnson. That could be a problem. Sakal, what do you mean? Deputy Director Johnson. That thing with your ex. What ex? I've got six. Uh, the, the model? Sakal chuckles. Seagal, why are most spousal abusers repeat offenders? Oh, Jesus. Why are most spousal abusers repeat offenders? Is this a comment on Seagal? Didn't he get accused of, like, they, there was some Me Too muck thrown his way? <sighs> Yikes. I don't know. I'll have to Google that. Uh, Seagal, because she <laughs> punches his hand to accentuate the words, didn't punch <laughs> Learn punch first time. Oh my god. <laughs> this is absolutely horrendous. If you yeah. thought Wells and Johnson were horrified before. Okay, so the writer's painting a picture of a horrendous Steven Seagal sort of where there's real. I think so. This control. isn't just for the sake of it. It's like he's no. being this horrible, offensive person, and the director and the assistant director are like, oh my god. Yeah. So the writer's addressing the fact that these people are horrified by Steven Seagal's behaviour. Sure. Seagal. Christ. Everybody's so fucking PC nowadays. <laughs> He's definitely an anti-vaxxer, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Flat Earther and all the rest of it. Director Wells. Since we're being candid, what about that mm, incident when you used to live next to Michael Jackson? <laughs> Something with a llama. Thank God it says llama. <laughs> That's what I thought when I read it. I was like, oh, here we go. This is this is going to dictate whether I can send you this script or not. <laughs> oh, God. Thank God. Llama. It's a lie. <laughs> Within, you know, obviously, don't want animal rights people on our backs, but do what you no, want to once, a llama. <laughs> once P Peter get hold of you. Seagal, in point of fact, it was an alpaca and it got blown way out of proportion. There's a beat. Either of you ever felt alpa alpaca fur? The men shake their heads, afraid of where this is going. Seagal, <laughs> reveling in remembrance. Trust me, fellas, you don't know what you're missing. So Was he's... that Seagal just sort of gazing off out the window, remembering the time he fucked an alpaca with Michael Jackson? <laughs> it seems, it appears to me. So wait a minute, he's a racist. He's, um, he's violent towards women. And he's, yeah. and he's, he's into bestiality. Bestiality, sure. Yeah. Wells and Johnson have definitely heard enough. I think we all have. <laughs> Director Wells. Well, I think we've got all the information we need. The men rise, shake hands. Deputy Director Johnson, thanks for bringing this to our attention. Seagal, whatever it takes to keep the country at the top of the heap. Director Wells. Wait, I thought you got renounced your citizenship. Got cosy with Putin? Seagal, don't believe everything you see on TMZ. TMZ, TMZ, is that a new channel or a media? TMZ, thing? TMZ. It's one of those. Um, it's America. It's like the worst of the worst. It's a bunch of gossipy Hollywood. You know, um, hey guy, they, they film it in a newsroom where the guy's perched on a desk and goes, "Hey guys, we just got this video of Beyonce. It looks like she's had some more surgery, or you know." And they're all looking uh, at them. No. It's just it's it's horrible. Like just those like horrible paps outside um, restaurants and just hounding celebrities. No Ugh. way. Yeah, it's awful, bad. Awful. So don't believe everything you see at TMZ. That's probably the first sensible thing Seagal said so far. Yeah, exactly. It? Don't believe anything you see on TMZ. <laughs> that was just for tax purposes. I'm doing a fuck ton of filming over there, and the IRS is, is a rim job compared to the Kremlin. <laughs> All right, then. He did. He moved to... You know he moved to Russia? Oh, did he? 
Yeah. Okay. Seagal, he um he he he's a Russian citizen now. Right. No way. Yeah, there's photos of him with um with Putin now. And I think Putin's like made him a special envoy of what? Russia to the United States. Like he's the he's the guy charged with getting relations. Oh uh, my god. Yeah. That's that's absolutely crazy. I actually listened to it um fantastic podcast there not that long ago called him um, the puppet master um mm. and there's what's a guy called vladislav serkov and um i don't know if you've listened to it. it's a bbc one it's really really good and it's basically basically um puts across the point that putin was like the george w bush to um the dick cheney he was actually doing everything and um apparently in order to infiltrate america um it it, it, it sort of insinuates that he was the one who was involved with um, getting Trump put into power, and apparently he's there's links, or again it insinuates that he's had a hand in Brexit too. But in order to um, infiltrate American popular culture, he just did a deep dive and just watched baseball and listened to Tupac and like really you know, like hamburgers and just learned everything there was to learn about the culture in order no to um, manipulate. Uh, it's it's unbelievable the podcast. I can't recommend it enough. What's it called? It's called The Puppet Master, but it's a guy called Vladislav Serkov. All right, I'll listen to that. It's very, very good. That sounds great. Anyway, um, Deputy Director Johnson, Stephen, you honestly believe you can do all that mind control stuff? Seagal gives Johnson a your question and me look before motioning to a closed door on the side of the office. Seagal, what's behind that door? Deputy Director Johnson, a bathroom. Watch this. (laughs) I just anticipated more fire jokes because of the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Seagal stays at the door, concentrating deeply. I hope to God he's just going to fart or shake himself. (laughs) So deeply, his head begins to shake as if from Parkinson's. Suddenly... Whoosh, we had a toilet flush. <laughs> Wells and Johnson are amazed. Great job, Steve. You can flush his bog with your mind. Yeah. Um, Stephen gives a deep sigh, as if the concentration took all of his strength. Just kind of slumps down a bit like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> he looks at Wells and Johnson, ultra proud of himself. Seagal, I'm the real deal, boys. Seagal exits the office. No sooner has he left when the bathroom door opens and out comes Agent <laughs> Frank Crawford. <laughs> oh, that's a good gag, actually. Uh, Fair play. That was good. I like that. 40s. Hard- <laughs> it's uh. good. 40s hardcore ex special forces with a permanent scowl. He's fastening his belt. Crawford, that fuck's dick leave. <laughs> Johnson nods. Crawford, thank God. Guy gives me the creeps and he hasn't made a decent movie in forever. Director Wells, even so, if what he's saying about the Chinese is true, we may have to fight fire with fire. So I, I honestly thought that like they were just entertaining Seagal because he's got mind control powers. Yeah, early onset dementia. And uh, <laughs> what was it? Advanced delusionary schizophrenia with involuntary narcissistic rage. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. You know, that's from... Uh, that's from the, me, myself, and Irene. Remember Jim oh, Carrey movie? Okay, I've got you. He goes, oh, I just got so I got to take a couple of pills for something." She goes, "Oh, what's that for?" And he spills that off, and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> Advanced delusionary schizophrenia. Uh, Crawford, should I call the Screen Actors Guild, or do you want to? Director Wells, what are you talking about? Crawford takes out his PDA, types something in, hands the device to Director Wells. On the PDA screen, Zhang, smiling in what appears to be a headshot photograph. Crawford, meet Agent Jing Zhang, a.k.a. Tommy Bok Choi. <laughs> Originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Tommy Bok Choi. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Johnson and Wells share a look. Deputy Director Johnson, he's an actor. <laughs> Crawford, pretty decent one, too. Play the mean Tevye in the Cantonese adaptation of Fiddler on the Roof. Director Wells. So, Seagal's story? Crawford, phonier than the Oscar on his mantle. He peddled that script in Hollywood for a decade before shooting it himself in Hong Kong. It turned out so bad, 
Nobody at AFM would touch it. And even Honey Boo Boo the, got movie distribution. <laughs> Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> oh my God, Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> Fucking hell. Deputy Director Johnson, well, Honey Boo Boo had an arc. The screenwriters really <laughs> brought their A-game to that project. Director Ells, true that. Crawford throws up his arms in disgust and exits the office. Crawford, fucking Hollywood. The end. Bravo. These guys were fooled by a crap film and they thought it was real. Is that what happened? I think, I think, yeah, the way it was, it was done is Seagal came and showed them this, this video as it was like surveillance. And they were like, oh my God. But it turns out it was just Seagal's shit film that he filmed in Hollywood. Okay, so maybe he picked a couple of choice scenes. Um, right. To show these guys. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God. Fair play to me. Stevie Boy there, like, you know, he's obviously portrayed as an abominable person, but um, he's, got, he's got his methods. He's still hustling. He's, he's still hustling. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. Did you see, Amazing. did you ever watch that Netflix, um, Jack Whitehall travels with my father? No, you ever no, see that? no. It's a Netflix show. He like Jack Whitehall and Michael Whitehall. They go on like a they go to a, on a trip. Mm. You know they travel around. They did one in Asia, and I ha- I seem to remember they were staying in some hotel in Bangkok or Singa- somewhere, and they're hanging out out the front. And Seagal just happens to be there. He's checking right. in or he's checking out, and there's this like. It was probably all set up, but Seagal, it was just sort of in passing. He ends up throwing him into a pond and just walks off. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. But, Stevie's still around. He's still kicking. Like we said, he's in Russia now. But uh, uh, you look, Under Siege was one of his greatest movies. <laughs> I just had to fight every muscle in my body to not do a partage quote and on along the lines of, sorry, got to speak to some Russians, but I'm not going to do it because we're not doing <laughs> that anymore, Stu. <laughs> we're not doing that anymore. Because it might alienate people from the show who don't like our part. Exactly, exactly. Okay, that was good, shoot. I enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun. Very good, very good. Steven Seagal, Psychic Warrior. Gallant, he's not looking good. A psychic man, it's understood. He plays the CIA from time to time. It only takes a toilet flush to change their mind. I'd like to make a quick shout out to a, a Jimmy Byfield who sent us a script called Hard Front and it's about a trio of heroin dealers that move into a drugs den only to discover that it's haunted by a previous tenant. That's awesome. Drug dealers in a haunted house. Indeed. And it was, do you know what? It was, I think he was talking himself down saying it was written by him when he was 14. Um, but it was good. It was genuinely good and there was like some, some really good um, dialogue between the three main characters as they were in a bathroom about to do a deal and they would put in tinfoil and the inside of the backpacks um, so they, they wouldn't get caught when they were going stealing and it was genuinely going somewhere. So unfortunately it wasn't bad enough for bad screenplays, Jimmy, but, but, but thanks so much for sending it. This is a problem. This is a problem we get is that you've been so good sending us in these scripts. We're getting more and more every day. And some of them are just too good, even if they were written by 14-year-olds or 17-year-olds yeah. or whatever. These are good scripts, and they're just too good for us. Yeah, that's that's not to talk down anyone who sent us the bad ones, because we love them more than anything. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, my advice to you would be carry on writing, mate, because you've definitely got something. Yeah. And so we put a poll up, Stu, um, and there's a good few days left on it from the, the last episode. But uh, lo and behold, the funny guy is ahead in the Twitter poll. So, you know, maybe my judgment isn't quite as bad as I thought it was. Your people are listening. <laughs> they are. My guys. <laughs> Where are my Your guys? guys. <laughs> That's my guy. I went to see um, Doug Stanhope not so long ago. 
and um, he said he did a show, and like over the road was another theatre where Michael Moore was doing it, like just a spoken word, and he's like, oh fuck, oh, no. all my guys are going to be over there, they said those are my guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's my crowd. That's yeah. my audience. Yeah. yeah. He did that bit, didn't he, when he said like, ISIS are targeting lonely disenfranchised youth he goes that's my audience <laughs> stay away isis <laughs> i love Amazing. that it's so good it's so good but yeah Stu, that was fun that was a lot of fun i'll stick another poll up for um for, th- for this week's episode i think i enjoyed steven seagal psychic warrior i genuinely thought that was great it was a lot of fun it was very good fun very good fun we'll tweet any clips or anything we've got coming up and we are getting our Christmas scripts ready at the moment we're going to record a Christmas special we are so I've got a couple saved that I'm thinking about at the moment but I've I've got to make that choice I've got to make that choice it's got to be a good one for Christmas absolutely it really is I'm getting into the spirit now as well I'm going to start putting some um Christmas songs together for it so hopefully it'll be a good episode hopefully it'll be good <laughs> but yeah thanks so much anyway thanks for listening this has been loads of fun we will see you next time bye, bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.